from coast to coast, bringing you resources all in one place. I do the footwork and I keep you up to date with fresh, new, and old ideas revamped. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, and this is Real Ed Talk. All right, I'm so excited. This is episode 11, the final episode of season one. We are wrapping things up. In this episode, I'm going to be going over a complete unit lesson plan, utilizing all of the activities that I was talking about in this podcast. I'm going to centralize the theme and I'm going to focus on coral reefs. I actually created a workbook about season one and it has a table of contents. This table of contents lets you know the different activities that we're going to be going through. I'll go through them with you right now. Our phenomenon again is coral reefs. The different activities that we're going to be going through to study coral reefs will be one, a field trip, or will be a video on YouTube. Two, we're going to be using word walls to enhance our vocabulary. Three, we're going to be doing a reading on coral reefs and we're going to be annotating it. Four, we'll be doing some sketch noting because we're going to trail back to our video. Then we're going to go into Cornell sketch notes to kind of wrap things up when it comes down to note taking and put some organization to it. Then we're going to go into detective profiling. We're going to get really deep into coral reefs then we're going to have our project time personification or storyboard we get to choose one or the other and i'll explain to you which ones how to do each one in this unit lesson plan then at the bottom of at the end of your workbook i have some te- i have one template of a unit of a unit lesson plan that you can use with any kind of phenomenon there's phenomenons like Thunder is a phenomenon. Lightning is a phenomenon. Uh, Earthquake is a phenomenon. Hurricanes are a phenomenon. Deep ocean is a phenomenon. I hope you're getting the idea of what a phenomenon is. Then in the appendix, I've put in a lot of resources in there for you. In these resources, you can choose um, your student's level of learning. Are they in the elementary level of learning? Are they in the middle school level of learning? Are they in the high school level of learning? So you can go through that. I have videos in there for you, readings, different additions to your lesson and questions and comprehension. And that's true for all levels of learning, elementary, middle, and high school. And then I give you all the resources for the annotation, digital word wall, sketch notes, Cornell sketch notes, detective profiling, and storyboards. All right, and I added a spot for you for personal notes. And in these personal notes, you can write down what your thoughts were on these lessons. You can write down what worked, what didn't work, what, how you modify things and what you added. Keeping record of this is going to be really important, especially moving forward as you're teaching your child to know what really sparks interest 
and what what your where your child is really strong in and where they're not strong in and you want to kind of work on their strengths so let's begin day one day one is basically going to be a warm up this is probably the most important day also of the entire unit this is where your child's interest is sparked on coral reefs first you and your child should do a little looking up of coral reefs I put in about seven pictures that you both can look at, discuss, and talk. There's beautiful colors in there. You can talk about the, the way it looks, the shapes. Just, just even ask questions like, why does it look like this? Why is that color? Let your child and yourself just have at it and, and let your curiosity just grow. Then from there, you can set up a trip to go to the aquarium. I think that's going to be probably the most fun. Or you can watch a, a video on YouTube, or you can search for a live webcam of coral reefs. You could do any one of those three. I personally think the aquarium would be fun, but it has to be with your availability and your schedule. While observing, have your child write or draw what they see, what they think about, about what they're seeing, have them state their opinions, their thoughts, any questions they may have, literally anything. You can also add questions like, so what does this remind you of? What does this make you think of? And if they're listening or at the aquarium, you can ask them, what does this sound like? Then, you know, after you can discuss with them, what are some things you want to learn about coral reefs? Were there things you saw there for the first time? And have them at the end, after answering all these questions, have them reflect on what they experienced in this activity. This is going to be simple, but it's going to be so much fun. And honestly, this wraps up day one. But you need to prep. You need to prep for day two by reading one of the articles on coral reefs beforehand to get some words for word walls on day two. Day two is going to connect day one and day three, connecting the things that your child wants to learn about and the things that you've read in the article. This all comes together in day two when it comes down to vocabulary word walls. On the next day, you'll just review quickly what they learned the day before. Have them recall their observations again and share again what they observed and you this time share with them as well. Ask them again, is there anything they want to learn more about? Then go ahead and look up one of those things with them. Take only about 15 minutes for that part. Like let's say they, they say, oh, I want to know more about that yellow coral. So then you'll go into the computer and you both will type up yellow coral and you'll do a short little research on it just to be like, wow, that's so much fun. Because honestly, there's probably a lot of things now that are being sparked that both of you want to know. So now that you've read the article and you've picked between five or 10 words that you want your child to use as word walls 
and it really depends on your child's age, right? So like, let's say your, your kid is like five, six, seven, or five, six or seven. You really want to have like just five words. You don't want to have a ton of words. If they're like eight, nine or 10 or 11, you give them seven words, right? Seven words. Then if they're a little older, you could add one word each after that, like eight words, if they're a little older than nine words, and they're like 14 to 15, you want to add 10 words, completely 10 words. Now, that reading beforehand is going to help you better understand what your child needs to know. When you're reading the article, there are gonna be words maybe that you don't know. I know for me, when I read those articles, there's words that, that I don't know that I have to look up as well. And that actually helps me and indicates to me that that's a word that's important for everyone to know. So that's how I actually look up my, get my vocabulary words for front loading. So this is what you, right now, what you're doing by getting vocabulary words and uh, creating, having them create word walls is your front loading information for them so that when they do read the article, they're not reading it cold. They actually have a foundation you're building a foundation for them. Some words that I picked were polyps, sea anemones, great barrier reef, nurse shark, exoskeleton, symbiotic, zooxanthellae, photosynthesis, acidification, and ecologists. Now, these are some words that I've done studying on coral reefs in the past. So these are some words I know are going to be found, even if you didn't read an article, these are words that are going to be found within the realm of coral reefs. You can utilize these words. This is just an example. Uh, you can utilize these words and give them to your child and have them create word walls. Word walls are going to be a lot of fun because the word wall, it's a digital word wall. So they can create, um, the font can be colored and let's say it's coral reef. And I did one actually, I already created one that is called coral reef that has the name coral reef. And I, put it in the color of coral. I wrote a sentence on coral reefs. I have the definition of coral reefs and I have a real world example of coral reefs. And I wrote down what a coral reef reminds me of. And I also have a synonym of a coral reef. And that is basically what you want to do with your word walls. Each one of those words that your child is going to do is going to have every one of those elements in there. And it can be done pretty quickly or it can take time depending on how many your child has to do. And again, you don't want to rush through this. This is something that you want to take time with and that's perfectly fine. And this is actually going to wrap up day two. And now that you've done the reading, you're already ready for day three. All you might have to do is kind of like just peruse it again. So day three is taking that reading and you're going to now annotate. You're going to do it with your child, right? Or your children. It doesn't need to be a long article, right? And if it is a long article, you want to break it up. You want to break up to, to maybe three or four paragraphs per day because there's going to be a lot going on when it comes down to highlighting 
or putting notes and different things in there. The point is to learn to read. It's not about how much work they're doing. Being really honest, a lot of work doesn't always equate to learning. It just equates to a lot of work. It could be busy work. And a lot of times for us, busy work makes us feel good, but it doesn't really accomplish anything. That's not the point. Sometimes less is more. We want them to enjoy reading and want to come back to that. So we want to wet their palate. But reading alone a lot of times is really boring. So that's why I always choose on annotation. It kind of makes the reading come alive and it's more interactive and it brings purpose to the activity. So here are some things that you can do. You can have your child pick three colors to use as highlights, assign meanings to them. They can choose three symbols, like a question mark, exclamation point, or circles, something like that. Arrows, things that will make it become more interactive. Now, how to use the highlight. You can highlight main ideas with like a bright color of yellow. You can do statements that feel like high importance in the color of pink. It's kind of close to red. You can also have them highlight in green when it comes to statements that will help support others' understanding who haven't, who haven't read about coral reefs or who haven't studied about coral reefs. There will always be statements like that. And then there's other colors like orange and blue that if you want to use those colors, you can assign something different. I usually assign orange as questions. Um, blue can be something else. Now, how to use the symbols. Exclamation. If they have an exclamation point next to a sentence, it could denote that this sentence elicited an emotional reaction. That that was an emotional reaction that they got from that sentence. They could also put question marks next to certain sentences or words that means that they need to do further research or investigation. And they can do use circles for words that they don't know or things that they're not familiar with, like references they're not familiar with. And arrows can just be connecting different ideas and thoughts and themes that are going through the reading. So that's why I say you don't want to have like a whole two, three pages. Three or four paragraphs is going to be enough with all of this combined with it. And you can break it up into days. And all this is going to help with real world connections. By them personalizing, it's going to deepen their understanding. There's really no right or wrong way to annotate. I just think it's really wrong not to annotate. Annotations are going to promote a deeper understanding of the passages they're reading. It's going to encourage your student to read with a purpose. And you as a teacher can use the annotations to emphasize on some crucial literal literary uh, skills like visualization, asking questions, making inferences, making those connections. Annotating is a key tool for close reading. And close reading I'll be talking about in season two. So that's going to wrap up day three. And honestly, you may be going on to day four. As well, your word walls may be two days as well. Right now, I say day three, but you might actually be up to day five or six. 
and that's perfectly fine. There's no rush here. These are, I'm just giving you days based on, you know, having it in order. So now the next day is sketch noting, day four. Now with all the information that you both have been learning, you're gonna go back to either the aquarium or watch that live cam. And now with new lens, new eyes, you and your child are gonna reobserve the aquarium or the live cam. Because now you're gonna know things, now you're gonna see things differently. Both of you will. And now you're talking to take sketch noting. Do sketch notes as a technique instead of writing it down. Since we think in the form of pictures, this is really going to be great for your creatives. It's an excellent method for them to see their notes visually and come alive. There's more modifications that you can make. Let's say um, you can do photojournalism. Your child can take pictures of these things and then jot notes next to them. I do suggest that you have them do more of the sketch noting because that hand to brain connection is a real big deal. Just being able to do that connection is integral in your child's connection and learning the work. So this is really cool. Because what's really important here is not trying to be perfect. It's actually okay if your kid is not perfect doing this. It is so okay. The first few times your child does it, it's probably not going to look very good. And it's just, it is what it is. This is how we learn to have patience, kind of persevere through things. And that's fine. I have given you two examples in my workbook of my students, how they did their drawings for sketch noting, And you'll see two different examples. And I think it'll really help you. Now, day five, you have your Cornell sketch notes. You're going to take all of their learning. Well, they will take all their learning, their prior note taking, and they're going to put it into Cornell sketch notes. This can be used as a reflective piece to assist them in synthesizing the information, helping them to remember and understand things way more deeply rather than just memorizing information. As well, it's going to help you, teacher, incorporate the concepts more thoroughly. And since it's not a rigid outline, there's more freedom, there can be modifications made to this note system that's going to match their learning uh, like situation and needs. They can write down the gist and utilize symbols. Cornell notes literally helps your brain stay active. And how much more Cornell sketch notes? Also, another great thing about this style of note taking is that they can come back and revise. They can add sections to it, which is really nice since these notes are not are meant, they are meant to be interactive and reviewed daily. This can really um, facilitate in that. And then at the very end, when they are summarizing, instead of writing those two sentences, they can create a scene using colors based on what they're learning. There are so many ways of making things more visual, a diagram, connecting the most important ideas, a word map, a bubble word map, anything visual will be easier to review and aid in remembering their ideas. 
this type of note-taking is going to be so interactive that the creativity, I promise you, is going to spark and it's going to be endless. So that is day five. Next is profiling, detective profiling. We are putting the coral reef itself under the microscope. We're going to take into consideration all things that have to do with the coral reef. They'll record and analyze individual characteristics. They're going to do um, and learn the capabilities of coral reefs. They'll have the coral reef name and maybe the scientific name if they want to make it seem real, you know, professional. Then characteristics of coral reefs. They're going to talk about the shape, the color, the size, tentacles. Where does it grow? Um, what does it need to survive? Uses, health and environmental benefits, different types of corals. What makes them so colorful? Honestly, this is why I love this activity because it goes deeper. Students are learning how to look beyond the surface of things. And this is huge in life, especially to critical thinking and deep comprehension and a strong awareness that there is more than meets the eye. Utilizing these activities to foster life skills while learning something really interesting is like perfect. The love of learning is what we're trying to teach. And you parents are the best, the most equipped to do this. As teachers, that's really what we're sharing with our students. The fact is we love learning, so we're able to share that with our, with our students. And with your children, as you start learning as well, you're going to spark that in them as well. Also, if you wanted to learn a little bit more about coral reefs in this day six, you can type coral reef facts to explore with your child. Now, a disclaimer, I want to say that this day six can be more than just one day. This can turn into three days, four days, even five days, depending on how you break it up. This is a lot of information to be, you know, learning about with the one coral reef. So you want to be able to take that into consideration. Characteristics of coral reefs, shape, color, size, tentacles, that can take up to 30 minutes. Where does it grow? That can take another 30 minutes. It could be an hour right there, right? Then what does it need to survive and uses can take more time. So as you break it up, you'll see that it'll take time and you don't have to rush through it. The point is to have deep learning. All right, so day six, which can actually turn into more days, right? Next is project time. Yes, I chose two of the activities for project time. And you can choose either one or the other or do both. It's up to you. Day, that next one, day seven for the project would be personification or a storyboard. So for personification, you're taking inanimate things and giving them human um, characteristics. Now, what I like doing with this one is taking what they're studying and creating a character out of it, like a superhero. They can, because Coral lives underwater, they can create an underwater superhero. And they know a lot of the characteristics of 
coral, which is where detective profiling comes in, they're learning a lot about it. They're learning what the capabilities of this plant is, this plant animal is. They're learning a lot about it. And they can literally take all these attributes and create a superhero, which I think is so cool. I love them. I'm actually a little bit of a superhero nerd. So for me, this is very exciting. I think your child would really enjoy doing that as well. They can keep the name very close to Coral Reef, like it could be Coral, right? That could be the superhero's name. Or Reef. You can choose, or he can choose, or she can choose. Your child can create a biography, like literally give this superhero a total backstory. And the backstory does have to match with the attribute, the characteristics and what they've learned about Coral. They just can't make up some anything out of thin air. It has to all come together with what they've been learning and they can create a backstory on it. It's, it's, it's really dynamic. I, I really love this activity a lot. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. This one can take a few days as well. And that's okay. They can also draw out the character, right? Give them a, co a the, the color of their suit could be the color of the coral that they, that, that they kind of focused on. Um, and the different things that they're highlighting about the coral can be their superpowers. This really can be a lot of fun. And the other project, if they don't want to do that one, if they want to do a storyboard, they can create like a storyboard or a comic strip on what they've learned about coral reefs. Again, there still needs to be a, a, a an element of personification, kind of like SpongeBob SquarePants. There's some type of personification in a storyboard because now they have to create a story and they have to definitely have characters and a coral reef will be a character and the other species that live in coral reefs will be the other characters step by step they'll be drawing out and labeling each frame they're going to write captions describing what is happening in each frame and it has to stand true to what they've learned about the coral reef environment this is what makes it so dynamic they're creating these characters from these elements that they're learning about and just giving them personalities. So these are two different types of end projects. And here you'll really, really learn what your child knows. You'll know if they truly understand what they've learned. You'll realize that it doesn't have to be a lot of work to be able to get a lot of information. You don't have to give them a ton of busy work. You can take just one thing and really, really go deep in, into it and learn a lot. So in learning a lot of times, less is more, as long as the less is quality. And this is, this is quality work, right? This is quality assignments and activities, not busy work. That's why I love this unit because you can also apply this to any other phenomenon and have amazing lessons. You can add math to this, graphing. You could do a lot in this type of unit lesson plan and it covers everything. You can even add in history here um, about time periods when the coral was found. And I, I'll, I'll be adding more of this in like season two, kind of like really building on it 
but this is really a great lesson plan for beginners. And that concludes, that concludes season one. I'm so thankful that you have stuck with me this whole entire first season and be looking out for my next podcast. I have a podcast coming out called Fireside Chats with Bex Buzzy. And I have interviews coming on with this one where you have people who have um, homeschooled and people who have been homeschooled and just seeing how their lives have turned out and some of their testimony. It's going to be really great. Lastly, those 50 people, what do you do? Email me. Email me what you thought about season one. Tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give me your thoughts, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you wanted to hear more of, and how these lessons helped you when you were doing them with your child. What I'm looking for is feedback. The first 50 people to email me, I will send you this workbook and this lesson plan free. Otherwise, you can find it on my website. It will be there. All right. Also, as I update it, you'll get the lifetime updates. Make sure you keep it. You'll always get an email letting you know that I have updated this workbook. So with that, I'm signing off. This is Bex Buzzy, and you've been listening to Real Ed Talk. Hope you have a great day.